What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here, and week one is almost completely in the books. As we're recording this, the Ravens and Raiders are in the second half of their Monday night game, but every other game is finished, and figure we'll just jump right into it. There's a lot to talk about, I feel like, in this week one, including, for me, the number one story, the Saints beating the living hell out of the Packers 38-3. to um, It's the worst loss of Aaron Rodgers' career, 35-point uh, loss. And I guess, is this the kind of game? It's, it's week one. We know all the drama of the offseason with Rodgers and everything. How much can we actually take from this game? Like, do, do you think they're, like, I don't think either of us think the Packers are this bad or the Saints are necessarily this good, but should we be recalibrating our initial thoughts anyway? Uh, recalibration on the Saints, for sure. I mean, if James Winston's going to ball out like that, and when I say ball out, I use that term loosely because he only threw for 148 yards. He just didn't actually have to throw. Um, he had the one deep pass, but <clears throat> it yeah. really wasn't something that he was challenged with um, to try to put the game on his shoulders. They were up early and they hit often um, from the start. And the Packers just, I mean, they can blame it on the heat, whatever they want. They just weren't ready to play. And I think that that's typical of a uh, week one, especially with a Rodgers that didn't have a full offseason program. And mm -hmm. um, obviously the Saints did. I, I, I don't take too much from this. They're still going to win the NFC North. Um, they take on the Lions next. I mean, of the ultimate bounce back games. I think that's uh, probably one of the best ones. The the hardest thing for us is that I think it's a 10 and a half point line right now. And <laughs> the yeah. Lions have 30 more points for on the season than the uh <laughs> Green Bay Packers do so that'll make yeah. the, that'll make the the parlay next week a little tough but other than that we I don't take really anything from this yeah I'm with you I mean I in my in our bold predictions episode you know I said I thought the Packers would represent the NFC in the Super Bowl uh, I'm not changing that based on this it seemed like kind of a fluke game uh, Rodgers did look very off though um, that, that interception that he had where, uh, he was like rolling out and he threw behind his guy, like you never see him miss passes like that. So I don't know if he's rusty. Um, if, if there is cause for concern there, maybe with him, I mean, it, even if he, he doesn't have to play at the level that he played at last year for them to be really good. But if he is a step or two below that, which is still a very good quarterback by all means, it, that definitely, I think, makes it a little more complicated for them as far as making noise in the NFC playoff picture. I mean, like you said, they're probably still going to win the North. But for, um, for all we know, he's still trying to play his way off that team. He can say we're all hunky-dory, we're happy, but he gets them off to an 0-5 start and just says, okay, now get rid of me for draft picks because you're going to be drafting high in, the, in next year's draft anyways. So... Just again, we've said it before, steer into the steer into the curve and yeah. just say, yeah, we suck. Um, I don't think that's actually mm -hmm. what's happening. I think that this was just an off game. I mean, we saw it with them last year when they went up 10 nothing against the Bucks and then couldn't do anything. Um, ended up losing 38 to 10. So 
I don't think you take anything too much from any one game. This the Saints beat the Bucks twice in the regular season last year and then lost in the playoffs. All it's all it's about is winning your division and getting to the playoffs because then it's one game each week and that's all yeah. that matters. We did get the debut of Jordan Love in this game. Somebody um, needs to put fucking sand in his shoes so that he stops throw, throwing up Michael Jordan jump shots. I like if I was the quarterback's coach, I would legit weigh him down and say this is how your feet are supposed to feel. Um, he, his well, stat line wasn't terrible, but his passes were just, he's not so erratic. Yeah. Yeah. He's all over the place with accuracy. Uh, you know, what's funny though, is that, uh, almost jump. I mean, you said it was like a jump pass kind of thing, but that throwing mechanic where your feet come off the ground, that that's Aaron Rodgers. you know, like. So he's he's learned that to some degree from Rogers. This and... is what's wrong with society is this emulation. <laughs> That's why they got this terrible taunting penalty put in place where I'm terrified of every single play that there's a celebration. I mean, Tyreek Hill on his Me touchdown too. pass throws up. He didn't throw up deuces. He only threw up one. Put finger, so apparently, apparently that's not taunting. I'm like, what is the definition of taunting? But I mean, that's typical NFL that way. I don't know what roughing the pass is passer is either because Zadarius Smith had that absolutely beautiful hit on Jameis Winston. Those are the types of hits that you want to put on a quarterback and make him yeah. think constantly about whether or not he wants to stand in the pocket for that extra half second and they get a easy first down. Out bogus. Of yeah, bogus yeah. call. And it was an interception. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to give him an interception. I think it hit the ground. But regardless, the okay. point is that it I mean, that was the best form tackle you could ever have. Like that is what I would if I was a football coach again, I would use that film to say, this is how you hit the quarterback. Didn't land on him, didn't do anything. It was just uh, what the, it's why we need a replay official um, on yeah. every single play to just well, bust down hard and say, fuck off. Yeah, it was a hard hit. And I think, unfortunately, we're at the point where if you your quarterback takes a hard hit more often than not, whether or not it's legal, you're going to get a flag. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. well, but even then we'll get into it, I'm sure, in the uh, Tampa Bay game, but a personal foul pass interference face mask penalty where it was a brush across the shoulder plate. And yeah. like those are the things that the game's so fast and I don't want to take anything away from the officials because they actually do a pretty damn good job to judge that in real time. But just some guy up in the booth to, or girl, um, congratulations um, on the first black woman to officiate uh, a game. game. Yeah, um, cool. but just somebody as a gut check to say, yeah, we got that wrong. Looked like that in real time. Understand what happened, but let's let's pull this back. Yeah, agreed. All right, um, let's move on to a few more games here. Uh, I want to touch on you. You mentioned Tyree Kill. Uh, so the Chiefs they come back late against the Browns. They score twice in a span of just over three minutes late in that game, and. Uh, courtesy of a punter mistake um that was a bad one that's a pretty gotta bad one got to shore up special teams it's one third of the game yep exactly but uh i i mean the the big key for me in this is the chiefs just feel inevitable like the browns played a really good game uh you know they were in control throughout the beginning of that game and then it just you you just never really feel like a team can put the chiefs away and right. it, they still have, 
I think some work to do as far as that offense, that new look offensive line sort of, um, you know, getting chemistry and just getting reps together. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, the, the Chiefs are Patrick Mahomes running around. And I know, I know you hated this, but Patrick Mahomes running around and just chucking it up to Tyree Kill. Who's it was an easy interception open. if somebody wasn't so focused on having to keep up with Tyree Kill because he's so damn fast, right? He is legitimately a cheetah, so you can't, you don't feel like you can turn his head, your head, because he'll be 15 yards away from you. So you're staring down Tyree Kill. I mean, jump pass behind the receiver, but Tyree Kill's a punt returner. Basically, he had enough time. He's watching it the whole way. The defensive back is not. And then yeah. it's just a sprint to the end zone. Uh, yeah. But the the takeaway for me is that, I mean, this is the new NFL. This is buy as much time as you can in the pocket. This was part of the reason that I wasn't enthralled with the Mac Jones pick. Actually, if per PFF grades, Mac Jones had a better day than Patrick Mahomes did. We always have the small sample size caveat. But the difference is when you're Patrick Mahomes, you have the ability for an explosive play every yeah. single every single play. Every time, yeah. With Max Absolutely. Jones, you have to be extremely tactical. So a late fumble, something you know that doesn't go with the game flow, and yeah. you're you're working from behind. Or I mean, a drop on second down all of a sudden puts yep. you at third and long. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I mean, they had the Chubb fumble one play later, seventy-five yard TD from Hill, and then the puncher mistake um, for the Chiefs to go up, and then. Baker throws that they trying to throw it away or so they're trying to save face with um, and wrap up the game. I mean, and this, the Browns were aggressive off the bat. They went for two after their first touchdown to go up eight, nothing. They went for it on fourth and one from the KC five. So took essentially easy points off the board and Landry ended up in the end zone. So it worked out perfectly, but they knew that they had to be aggressive in this game. And uh, it's unfortunately for them, um, Patrick Mahomes stayed in this game. It wasn't Chad Henney, even though even Henney can beat them um, when <laughs> they don't play disciplined. Yeah. Uh, the un- One last note for me on Patrick Mahomes here. So, uh, he sets the NFL record for most passing yards in first a quarterback's first 50 career starts, passing Kurt Warner, and Patrick Mahomes does it in only 47 games. So it's, it's a different it's era. A, I don't give shit about this. All the stats are going to be blown out of the water. Everyone's going to, you know, there's going to be the asterisk 17 game season on fucking everything. Um, but good well, for him. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from what Patrick Mahomes has done. I still am. I think there were three interceptions that were thrown that game that were dropped. Um, so I'm holding out on my, uh, double digit picks for Mahomes um, stance. I do think it'll happen. Uh, but there's just too much speed on that offense. If you look at what they're doing with their wide receivers, and if you're able to buy four or five, six seconds in the pocket, then they're going to get open. You can't guard somebody yeah. that long in the NFL. Just too athletic. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on here to the next big blowout game uh, that we saw. The Cardinals smash the Titans, 38-13. Uh, to 13. Kyler Murray has five total touchdowns. Chandler Jones had five sacks. Do the Titans need to be worried? Oh, 100%. Arthur Smith was, in my opinion, the reason for the Tannehill um, 
resusc uh, resuscitation, regeneration, whatever Resurgence, word you want to use. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, and Derrick Henry is a grinded out needs the lead because he's, you know, you look at his yards per carry and they increase as the game goes on and that's a game flow situation. So if you're yeah. down by 20 at the end of the game, then your best weapon is not of any use to you because it's not like he's a pass catching back. Um, Julio Jones looked okay, but he's still over 30, three yard and our three receptions for 29 yards. Like, is he really the difference maker? Um, yeah. I, but I think that the biggest thing was just that they could not block anything on the Cardinals defensive line. T Tannehill was running for his life. Chandler Jones with his five sacks. Um, I, I don't think that that was just JJ Watt, you know, taking on the other side of the line that they, you know, yeah. felt like they had to, um, divvy up their, uh, pass protection. I think that it was just, it was just poor game planning. I mean, it can't say more Jones than that. Is Jones is a little mo uh, motivated too, right? Like by not getting that deal, he's he's going to want to show not just the Cardinals, but anybody else that might be looking to back up the Brinks truck for him that he's he's worth it. And <laughs> frankly, he is. He's really fucking good. Um, oh, what did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what did you make of Kyler Murray's performance? I know he had the four passing touchdowns. He had the rush. Um, he had sort of one of his Kyler-esque video game-like plays where he runs around like 04 Michael Vick and, and completes it. Um, you know, we're pretty hard on Kyler here for the most part um, in this podcast, but do you, what do you think overall? Did you see anything from him that makes you think that he's possibly, you know, ready to take that next step? Everything he showed me is why I would never give him a second contract. I would get rid of him as quickly as possible while his, while his value is as high as possible. Um, they're still having red zone issues. You wouldn't know it because on his his first pass to, I believe it was DeAndre Hopkins, or his first touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, he was behind the 20-yard line. That's because he ran back 15 fucking yards. And yeah. so this is something that while he's quick, while he's got that, you know, Darren Sproles held onto it for some time. I just don't think that it's going to be sustainable long-term and he's legitimately running back 15 yards every single play, buying that time, allowing his receivers to get open. Cause as we just said, you can't guard NFL wide receivers for six seconds, but it, it's, yeah. and then just one hit. I mean, that's all it takes is one damn hit. And I don't mean yeah. any ill will, will towards anybody, but you see, you see him get close to the sidelines and you're like, maybe go out three yards earlier than you are just to maintain um your availability yeah i mean at the end of the day it, it's nothing new right kyler's special and his ability to run around is special and it makes a difference but you you cannot win a championship at least compete consistently for a championship if you can't win from the pocket and that's not an old school mindset. That's just reality. How many because, penalties did they have because their lineman didn't know where the fuck he was? You've got illegal man yeah. downfield. You've got holding because guess what? When he's doing his scat back shit, I don't know if I'm supposed to slide block to the left or slide block to the right because it's been four seconds and I don't know where the fuck the guy is behind me. Yeah, no, it, it's a challenge. And, you know, at the end of the day, a, 
a, a good defensive coordinator, you know, good defense, the types of defenses you see in the playoffs, they are going to take away at, at least one or two of the things that you do well. And the only way that you can consistently beat great defense is by having a guy that can just in, you know, not to say you can't make it easy on him, right? You, you still want to run play action. You still want to run motions. You still want to do all of those things, bootleg, cut the field in half and times when you need to. But at the end of the day, if you can beat all of that stuff defensively by just having a guy that can drop back and knows exactly where to go with the ball on time. And yeah, I mean, what Kyler did was great and, you know, not taking anything away from him there. It's just, I'm again, still waiting to see that next step for him. And I, I didn't see it either. No, I just, and I mean, he's got DeAndre Hopkins. I, I love Larry Fitz. D hops a hell of a level above and just just absolutely (laughs) insane. And that's, that's your fallback plan, right? As you just chuck it and and hope. And then I do like what they're doing. Not a bad. No, no, not at all. Bad, bad situation to be in, but I I do like what they're trying to do with Rondell Moore and going for that speed um, scenario that the chiefs basically perfected. Uh, but I just, I, I don't see anything in Kyler besides the fact that he's probably the quickest person I've ever seen. Again, comparing him back to Darren Sproles, I would give him a leg up yeah. on that even. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the Cardinals, they win big. Um, you know, they're tied now for first in the NFC West. All four NFC West teams win. We've talked about it ad nauseum. They are going to be, that's going to be the toughest division to win in football. And sure enough, uh, all four teams came out and uh, looked pretty good, right? I mean, the 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 Rams, uh, you know, blew out the Bears. They, they uh, took that game pretty handily. They were never really in jeopardy there. Um, the 49ers did have a bit of a battle with the Lions, but... You know, eh. at the end of the day, I think that a lot of that is the, 40, up more the 49ers, the, the 49ers were up, I believe it was 41, 18 with six minutes left in the game. There are a couple lapses. Um, and then Debo Samuel fumbled with one minute left in the game with them up by mm-hmm. eight to even make it interesting. So uh, we can sure. say that the, the final score, which I do still believe covered the parlay spread. Thank goodness we got it in there at seven and a half. It's still cover. Just, well, yeah, we'll um, touch on that in a sec for sure. But uh, that was just that was just again situational game flow that um, they were playing soft defense and Goff tried to look good, tried to look like he was worth two first mm-hmm. round draft picks. Even though I think uh, Stafford proved that he was the superior end of that trade for sure. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Um, all right, before we get to uh, those primetime parlay games uh because i think we definitely want to talk about some of them uh individually as well but the i I want to touch on the rookie quarterbacks so all five rookies played um you we know the the three starters trevor lawrence zach wilson mac jones um every one of the five accounted for a touchdown um trevor lawrence had three touchdowns zach wilson had two Mac Jones had one, Trey Lance had one, and Justin Fields had a rushing touchdown. Um, overall, so 
we don't got to we don't need to talk about Fields and Lance as far as this goes. But as far as the three starters, all three lost. Um, you know, so there is that. But in general, I thought they all looked pretty good. I mean, Lawrence had three interceptions, uh, but I think that that's not going to be an issue for him ultimately moving forward. But what yeah. what were your thoughts on on all of those guys from what you yeah, saw? Yeah, I, I would disagree. Um, it's not that I think Lawrence is a bad quarterback by any means, but I think he's in a terrible situation. Um, they went at half. They He threw two interceptions. They were down 7-27 to 27 against what was last year the worst defensive team in the league. They had three interceptions all year in 2020, and they had three interceptions against Trevor Lawrence. His interceptions were absolutely egregious. These aren't these are not tip passes like Dalton in the end zone. These were behind the receiver, high the receiver, who the fuck was his receiver. Um, and then after they went, he threw two interceptions in the half. He then had three straight three and outs. They were down seven to 34 and he got a couple. I mean, the first one, the second TD, I guess you won't call garbage time because it was still decent amount of time left in the first half or the second half. Um, but the last touchdown he had was with five seconds remaining. They, they got absolutely destroyed. And it's not on Lawrence by any means, but he had some very, very bad throws. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not trying to gloss over the fact that he he made some mistakes. I am just not worried ultimately about Trevor Lawrence, especially from a turnover standpoint. He's that's just never been a bugaboo for him, and I don't think it's going. Oh yeah, to he's never on. lost a regular season game before either, and now he's lost every <laughs> NFL regular season game he's ever played. He's ever played in. Oh boy, what yeah. a bust. <laughs> what a bust. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Lawrence, you know, up and down performance overall. He threw for 332 yards, which led all of these guys. Uh, the three touchdowns led these guys. He, he threw the ball 51 times, uh, probably also a function of them being down in that game. But, um, yeah, I mean, in, in general, it's like it, kind of what, maybe not the three interceptions, but kind of what I expected to see from Lawrence. Them losing, granted not to the Texans, <laughs> but them losing – him getting to chuck it a lot and put up some pretty decent numbers. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll keep an eye on that as we go, but I'm, I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. What, what did you think about Zach Wilson? I know you've been, you've been a little hard on him um, for the most part throughout this process. I see it is a very similar situation where he had some comebacks towards the, the end of the game. I mean, they were down 16, nothing at half. Um, he also threw a bad interception and I mean, he got 85 play or 85 yard of his passing yards on one drive. Um, and that was an under throw to Corey Davis. I mean, Corey Davis was wide open, so it worked out. It was, he did show his playmaking ability in that again, bought time in the pocket on yeah. off kilter throw, not because he needed to, but because I guess that's what all the cool shortstops do. Um, and <laughs> got it to Corey Davis in the end zone. So I, I would put him above Lawrence as far as performance in this game, but he, he took six sacks and he looked bad when he took his sacks, like no yep. pocket awareness on his sacks, people coming straight up the middle and something that it just, he's going to get rocked if he keeps up that level of pocket awareness. And that's my biggest concern for him. Yeah. That was my big call out from this too. the six sacks. I mean, it, we, I think, too often look at turnovers as being the, the big killers, but sacks are right there. I mean, you take a an eight-yard loss or a 10-yard loss on 
a first or second down. And I mean, that could be the end of a drive. And uh, I think, you know, again, we, we haven't seen him have to deal with this level of adversity. Like I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't know what was the, the most number of times he was sacked in a game at BYU, but I can't imagine it was six. Um, it was probably South of four. I don't know uh, that one coastal Carolina play. I think he got sacked like five times on that same interception return. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. A guy roughed him up, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be something, you know, I'm more worried about Zach Wilson and, and taking those six sacks than I am about Trevor Lawrence and throwing those three interceptions ultimately. Yeah, and Mikhail um, Becton went out on that play on that 22 yard touchdown pass as well. So that's six weeks. Yeah. It sounds like that they're going to be without, without him, which is just going to make it even worse. He was pressured on 27% of his dropbacks. Um, he had two batted balls at the line. They're crediting both Lawrence and Wilson with five drop passes. I feel like PFF's pretty generous with their their drop category as far as what yeah. they give for uh wide or for quarterbacks. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just his pocket awareness and the fact that I don't think that that pocket's going to get any stronger is going to be a, a challenge for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's trial by fire. I mean, when you're uh, a rookie quarterback starting week one, you know. So we'll we'll see how these guys progress. Um, I'll I'll leave you with Mac Jones to give your analysis there. I know you kind of already touched on, um, you know, him just not having the ability to push the ball downfield and the the pressure that that puts on an offense to be perfect. But um, did you like what you saw from him overall, even in the loss? I think that this is, it's exactly what I would have expected from a September Bill Belichick team. I think he did the perfect amount of, conservative play in the beginning and started to stretch Mac Jones towards the end, just enough to win the game um, mm-hmm. outside of, again, something that Bill Belichick will, I don't even want to know what's going to happen to Harris or um, Ramadre after this. Like uh, he's, he's hard on his running backs that fumble and to yeah. do it in a position where you are going to take the lead and uh, uh, counter take i actually think the dolphins might be a little pissed that they didn't score in that final drive to take the lead and see what tua could do because tua was one of the worst ranked quarterbacks this week by pff so mac jones did the per like he he did the status quo he's not explosive but he's tactical but when you're tactical you everybody has to execute and that's the challenge with a very disciplined team like that that you're not going after the heavy hitters you're going with ball control and when you lose the turnover battle you lose the game yep i'm with you there i don't um i I, I mean i thought mac looks looks like mac you know and and that's that's not a knock um brady looked like brady for what 15 years for some reason uh he looks better than ever now but now the the funniest thing to me was mac jones's first pass attempt which was actually a fumble and you think oh my gosh that was actually a genius play he saw the running back just instead of trying to complete the pass just eat it and throw it at his feet problem was he was facing backwards at the time so uh maybe a little bit disoriented on the field 13 yard loss but that shows that level of higher level thinking that says don't take don't put the game at risk throw it away put it at his feet 
again, just happened to be that he had gotten turned around before he did that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mac will learn from that mistake. He's exactly pretty smart guy. Yeah. As far as the, uh, the last two guys here, so Lance and Fields, um, probably not a ton of thoughts there. Uh, mine would mostly center around uh, the Bears and their decision to continue to not play Justin Fields. Oh, I thought you were going to go with easy first-round bust Trey Lance. <laughs> first person <laughs> since Tim Tebow to throw a touchdown pass on their first uh, their first uh, NFL attempt. Oh, that's a bad omen. Yeah. That's a bad omen. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. See? I like when you, you come with stuff like that. That's good. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> back, back to fields. At Lance, at Lance, they barely they barely utilized. It was a little bit of a gadget player um, just yeah. trying to get his feet wet. Yeah, but, and fields, fields as well to some degree. So going into the week, Matt Nagy had said that they'd have a package of plays for, for Justin. He played five total snaps. Did, did, uh, he was, was postage really expensive? Because the package was super light. It was super light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my biggest issue with the utilization of him was, so their first drive, uh, which ended in no points thanks to an Andy Dalton interception, um, but I digress. Um, they, they're moving down the field, and Justin comes in. Justin completes an eight-yard pass, and they're faced with a third and one, which in my mind, especially near the goal line, is the perfect time to run a play with Justin. But instead, they took him off the field after completing the pass, and the Bears get, uh, I think it was a false start, and uh, they get backed up. They have to call a timeout after the false start, which was such a fucking Matt Nagy move. And then the next play, Andy Dalton throws the interception. Um, Justin did get a rushing touchdown, a three-yard rushing touchdown later in the game. He... The other plays he was in for, um, he ended up handing the ball off. But um, yeah, the the utilization of him that just seemed very sporadic, and it didn't seem like there was much of a plan. It was just like, okay, we want to run a play and get Justin in, and then we're going to take him right out. So that uh, I mean, I if, you're, if Andy Dalton's going to be averaging a depth of throw of four point five yards, less than five yards, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, average. 5.4 yards per attempt like what what are you trying to accomplish here and he, i mean he was only i he was only sa- he was sacked three times like he was under pressure a ma- not majority but a good third of the time that's what fields is that's the difference between fields this is exactly again yeah. we've been talking about is the ability to buy time in the pocket and when you buy time in the pocket guess what that means that the guy that's 15 yards downfield has even more opportunity for separation because if you're only throwing five yards past the line of scrimmage that's where most of the defenders start off. I don't know if Nagy's, you know, seen football before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, based on some of the play calling, I'm questioning that as well. Uh, he did have one of my favorite responses to a question, though, in post game. He was asked uh, by a reporter pretty directly, is there anything that Andy can do that Justin can't do? And his response was, that's a great question. I really liked what Andy did this game. <laughs> <laughs> he just completely ignored it. Um, I mean, the guy's just like, I, I understand what they're trying to do. You know, they're they're just taking, and, and Adam Schefter like kind of went off on this a little bit too. They're trying to take as conservative of an approach with Justin to make sure that he is set up for success as best as possible for the next 10 years. 
I understand all of that, but. Well, guess you what? Nagy's not going to fucking be there in the next 10 years. The problem is yeah. that Nagy finds one thing that works, and then he thinks that that's going to work forever. It's kind of like the Sean McVay phenomenon when he came in the league on fire, and then he scored three points in the Super Bowl. It's like people can figure you out if you don't keep being dynamic. And so, yeah, you had Patrick Mahomes sit for a year, and guess what? He was successful. Guess what? He's been one of the fucking best athletes to ever play the game. And you got that yeah. again in Justin Fields. But right now, you don't have an Alex Smith that's taking you to the playoffs. You've got yeah. Andy Dalton, who was basically handed the starting job on a silver platter because you had no other opportunities at the time. Didn't think that Justin Fields would fall into your lap. And guess what? You've made him your starter. You've done your, you've given him what you promised him. Pull yep. him the fuck out right now and give Justin Fields the reins. For these next three games before their schedule goes to hell. Yeah. I'm um, I'm really well actually I was gonna say I'm really interested to hear what Matt Nagy has to say after they watch the film, but I'm really not because I'm <laughs> kind of tired of <laughs> tired of the words that come out of his mouth. Um yeah I'm you know if you're a Bears fan it's probably good to just detach yourself as much as possible until Justin Fields is the starter because nothing that happens while Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback is worth getting like too bent out of shape about. It's could just, it be, it's could a it mess. Be next week. I don't think so. I think, I think Andy did enough. They moved the ball like well enough that they're going to be able to go to that and say, well, you know, Andy moved the ball and we were just a couple plays away or whatever the fuck they're going to spew. But yeah, then, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're going to give Andy his revenge game against the Bengals. That's 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 probably what they ultimately promised him. And then yeah. they'll say similar to the Rams, we don't stand a chance against the Browns and that defensive pressure. So yeah. we'll start you against the Lions and you the Justin Fields era can start off with an easy W against one of the worst franchises in the history of the NFL. Yep. Agreed. OK, well, uh, with that, I, I think we can transition to our uh, primetime parlay recap. Um, just because the Lions uh, do factor into this. So uh, for anybody that didn't listen last week um, to our Thursday episode, we will be every single week uh, giving you our picks against the spread for the three primetime games and then a bonus game picked by each of us. We will track our records so you can see, you know, if it's worth betting along with us or fading our picks. Uh, we will also be putting out a graphic that has our records and our picks and we'll try to keep track of the overall parlay hits as well. So you can, um, you can be aware of that. Uh, we, I guess getting into this, we didn't hit this week. Um, we lost the first game bucks minus eight and a half on Thursday night. They only just barely win the game, but, um, I think overall, I, I still feel pretty confident in that pick if Chris Godwin doesn't fumble the ball going into the end zone late in that game, that touchdown covers and likely holds, I would assume, um, just given the amount of time that was left in the game and the fact that the Cowboys would have had to score a touchdown. And in general, like I feel, I feel pretty good about that pick. Um, I feel and then, much better as, about that decision than um McCarthy choosing to go for a 60-yard field goal at the end of the half and give the ball back to Brady with 15 seconds. Um, I think both of these things are where maybe the right decision didn't end up being um, consequential because they were not ultimately burned on that. But 
what the fucking fuck? Why would you even risk giving Brady the ball back at midfield with 15 seconds left? Granted, it's Mike McCarthy, out. dude. It's fucking <sighs> Mike McCarthy. Like, terrible, terrible game management. Again, he gets to hang his hat on the fact that he won a Super Bowl with Aaron fucking Rodgers. A Super and, Bowl. Yeah, a Super Bowl. And now he's he's going to have a job for life. And Jerry Jones seems to like him. So, I yeah, I, what, a, what a disaster. Probably because Jerry gets to call plays. He's just like, whatever you want, bro, you can you can do this. Um, actually, side note real quick. Now that the Raiders are in Vegas, I think that the uh, the Cowboy cheerleaders are going to have a run for their money as far as uh, best squad. Um, just on some quick picks there. Um, yeah, good talent pool. Good talent <laughs> but, pool. Uh, uh, ba- back to football. Um, again, game flow just changed on turnovers. And this is what this is why execution and really just ball security is so important. Probably what's made Tom yeah. Brady so great is he's willing to just lay it down in the pocket when he feels pressure coming instead of throwing the ball yeah. up. Um, he did have two picks. One of those was on a Hail Mary. So I don't think that, that counts regard uh, other than the fact that it was almost returned for a touchdown. Um, <laughs> but um, on back-to-back plays, they had the RJ fumble at their own 27-yard line and then Fournette, a tip pass interception again at their own 21 yard line. So even with the defense um, standing up that you, you got to say that that's easily six points right there. Um, They did only convert the one for, for a field goal. Uh, But those are the types of game flow changes that are going to kill a team. And that was Bruce Arians and the Bucks problem early last year as well was the penalties and the turnovers that put them in not, I'm not going to call them bad situations, but just put them, behind the sticks right yeah yeah for sure i mean i i still again i i think the i don't want to call the ronald jones fumble and the fournette interception fluky you know they they happened like you know that that's how it goes like the the cowboys made a play mm-hmm. but the that fact that they had those... punched by demarcus lawrence that was fantastic uh, the rj fumble that's something that happens the fournette interception is something that you can't do you just cannot tip a ball up in the air like that and that's why yeah you throw low and at their feet yeah You'd rather them stumble forward for three yards than pop something up and have what happened happen yeah and Fournette's not known as a receiver either so i mean i i think at the end of the day you know you chalk up those turnovers as uh at least in my mind fluky i think i still feel good about that pick uh, it obviously tanks the parlay, but as far as the rest of the week is looking for our picks, uh, we're looking pretty good. So we already touched on the Rams and the Bears. The Rams easily cover. Uh, you know, they win by 20. And like I said, that the only way I probably would have taken the Bears and the points is if it was at least double digits. Um, so the the Rams cover there. Um, the Like I mentioned, the, the Ravens are in the second half of the Monday night game right now, but they are up 17 to 10. So they're currently covering the four and a half points. Uh, Broncos covered against the giants pretty easily. That was my bonus pick and 49ers cover against the lions. Uh, again, like you said, fairly easily the, the game flow, you know, garbage time stuff made it close at the end, but um, in general, the, the Niners look good. So I feel like we were pretty much dead on with all of our picks this week. And 
uh, and yeah, and Vic Fangio was dead on with the Teddy Bridgewater pick. Like, holy hell, he looked surgical. Um, oh against, yeah, against the Giants, and uh, I it would it's always fun to see. Uh, one of my one of my wishes is that every uh, golf tournament there was just like a 70 80 and 90 handicap playing against one of the pros is like the last foursome to go out uh just to for perspective you know and right. i would love to see that game with teddy bridgewater versus drew lock because i think that teddy did everything perfectly in that game and it just takes those little mistakes that drew lock you is you know used to used to throwing out there um to change yeah. the to change the game and we got our daniel jones fumble um actually after a great run but damn yeah. that dude cannot hold on to the ball he's still a little bit behind his his average of 1.5 fumbles per game so um we'll have to see what happens next week um hoping that he that easily eclipses stat. the 20 and the 20 yeah um so but and they held back Saquon. I don't know that they held back Saquon because of actually a pitch count, just ineffectiveness, and nobody was going to be effective against that defensive line. So great yeah. pick there. Um, I'm looking forward to getting the first pick next week so that I can have a little bit of an easier time. Uh, but the, to be fair, the 49ers were up by um, 24 late in the game. Yeah. And then perfect jinx as you do this uh, turnover for the Ravens. And it's within seven points. All right. Well, we'll see how this plays out. There's, yeah, there's just under 12 minutes left in the game, and looks like we got a Lamar Jackson fumble here. So, uh, and maybe a Lamar Jackson neck brace. I am good thing he's focused on football now and not the extension, uh, because he may have outbid himself. I mean, we saw what uh, <laughs> what Allen looked like this week. When people get paid, things change. So. Maybe he needs one more one more year of motivation to actually get that big contract. Uh, we'll see. I'm not worried about Lamar. I'm not worried about Lamar. All right. Well, Toaster, uh, week one in the books. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, the Fitzmagic ended early. That sucks. Um, that does really suck. Yeah. Um, and then... Speaking of sucks, holy hell, Atlanta! Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't really touch on that, but uh, the Eagles blow out the Falcons. I, I mean, with the Texans win over the Jags, do the Texans are in first Falcons place. look? Yeah, they are in first place. But did the Falcons look like the worst team in the NFL this week? I think so. They they had six points, and those were on two early red zone failures and those are when the plays are scripted this is typical again you get your 15 plays that you know you're going to run and those are usually your best ones the ones that you think you're going to succeed on and then from there it goes to actual coaching and game management and so it only gets six points off of two red zone opportunities and then to get absolutely lit up by um, Jalen Hurts Hurts. and guess what his average depth of target was Ooh, was it sub six? Um, it was sub four. Oh, is three average point depth of target? Average depth of target three point six yards. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean he he, he put up like a pretty damn good stat line. I would have never have thought was, that. 
he was 20 he was uh 27 of 30 um according to pff uh, attempts which don't include throwaways um 87.9 pass passer grade that was second um per their rankings 126 qbr three touchdowns no interceptions 264 yards 3.6 yards averaged at the target so Damn. nick Sirianni offense is looking good for week one but that may be something that you can figure out if you're only throwing it at the line of scrimmage and again this is average he had a nice throw to um devonta smith so um take it all with a grain of salt but it was just shocking to see that that was his average depth of target per pff yeah yeah that is very shocking to hear okay well uh we will get out of here on that uh as always week one great time to overreact to everything that happens so every team that lost sucks every team that won is great um and yeah it looks like we're gonna get uh what a saints uh a saints texan super bowl is that does that sound i think achievable? i think so yeah at this <laughs> point I, I mean other than big ben is back Okay. You know, I think he was, okay. I think, did he not block that punt? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Uh, Big Ben is back. Whatever. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, uh, please uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe and leave a review anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NPTFball. And yeah, just in general. Uh, Happy football, and we'll get you back later this week for our preview of week two, including our primetime parlay picks. So thanks, everybody.